Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. This is Paul Hawksby and Max Rushton. And this is the H&J Daily with some of the best bits of this afternoon's show. Uh, Sir Tony Robinson joined us, of course, who you know from Time Team and Blackadder, a big Bristol City fan. And uh, he had company, didn't he? He really did, yes. That was fun. Um, We also brought you some classic clips of the midweek from 2008. Uh, Somebody phoned in, Matt Porter from the PDC, to tell us what the darts will be like. They can have a small crowd in, but there are... Some restrictions from what you'd normally see at Alexander Palace. Yeah, and you took Cruyff and Binney to an elite level yeah. this week. Today it was extraordinary. It was, it was. We, we brought it quite close to home, as you will discover. Plus uh, some other nonsense from us. Here it all is. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, Max. Good afternoon. Let's begin with this uh, tweet from Philip, who says, How's this for randomness? The three top-scoring Premier League players with all the letters in the word vaccine in their name, right. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Nikita Jelovic and Victor Anicebi, have all played for Everton, a.k.a. the School of Science. Oh, what about that? There we are. Isn't that That's good. Fascinating start That is clearly day. someone with time on their hands. <laughs> Absolutely, Which yeah. leads us on to something we're going to touch on this <laughs> afternoon, because... Um, there must have come a point in your life where you thought, did I, did I really do that? I mean, how bored must I have been to have done that? And uh, in the way that only a tabloid newspaper can, the Sun told us that a, quali- a Quality Street fan, Stephen Hull, 46. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good. Who's a Quality Street? He likes Quality... <laughs> you're not Quality Street fan. Man who likes Quality Street. Seasons uh, ago, man, man and boy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I've always got behind the Quality Street. Um, what he did, because he said... Uh, this is what he said. He said, I had a little bit of spare time on my hands today, so I audited the unopened Quality Street tin. Mm. Oh, for goodness sake, Brilliant. Stephen. Brilliant. I mean, how much time did you have on your hands? He said... Um, uh, he's worked out to me. There was 11 toffee pennies but only four orange crunches and green triangles each. Um, uh, he said that also that Nestle were forced to give a reply. Someone at the Sun had to phone... Brilliant. Uh, ..had to phone Nestle and say, or Nestles, if you prefer. When I was a kid, that's what they were called. I think they've, they've changed their name since. You'd, it, it said, would you mind uh, commenting on this? There wasn't enough purple ones. There was just four purple ones in purple there. Purple is the best. And they said, ratios can vary. Oh. So it was quite a curt well, answer from Nestle. Hashtag 
in Equality Street, yeah, is what yeah, he said. That's what it was. So uh, the things you did, I mean, a point of boredom, finding out that there was the school of science within the word vaccine. Mm. And I'd say opening a tin Equality Street that you were planning to save till Christmas or a plastic box these days, of course. They used to, used to double up as drums. But that was, that was often Back my, in the day. That was my Christmas in, present. In the, in the, I, that's what Adam Drake got his number bought, one with that, We bought you he? a drum kit, Paul, they said, <laughs> and there was two Quality Street tin, tin of roses, which slightly deeper ones, okay. so that was like the uh, that was that the, was the floor bass tom. drum. Was it okay? That was the tim. So uh, yeah. Um, anyway, you get the idea. Uh, how bored were you? When what did you do in that moment of abject uh, boredom? Maybe I we'll was, play uh, boredom by the buzzcocks a little bit. I later was once on. Uh, on a Fijian island. Paul. Oh, were you really? Uh, with a couple of friends, and we got yeah. so bored that me and my friend Nick decided to try and count to a thousand. Okay, and uh, wow, that's bleak. Uh, we were <laughs> all the things was, you could have done. On well, a, I know looking back now, there were other things, but there was a lot to do there you know there was sea and a hut and that was basically that's, an, that's enough for most people okay. isn't it? some people would like work years to get yeah. the money to go somewhere like the Maldives <laughs> or whatever and they wouldn't sit there and, and sit there with their missus and go here we are when we've done it all that overtime was worth it one <laughs> well, two we tried three. to yeah. we tried to count to a thousand and uh you can count to a thousand, can't you? I mean, but honestly, it's harder than you think. And we got to four hundred and seventy-three. Yeah, and then and Nick bored. said four hundred and eighty-four, so we had to start again. Oh. And then we we got to five hundred, and that was it for us. Oh, but that was, just... I mean, that's a quite a good an, example. What of an this, exciting life you've led, Max. Yeah. I mean, that, that will be in the book, will it? Well, counting, I've 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 always quite. I think I've got I've got people on the Sunday show to count. Serge from Kasabian used to launch it on an international break. We said there's nothing happening, yeah. so we'd get a, a, a studio to just count. You know, the beans in a tin. Tin. But you know, people <laughs> want to know how many beans are in a Heinz baked beans tin. Yeah. Honestly, the show's still being commissioned. That's strange, isn't it? <laughs> let us know. Do let us know this afternoon. What did you do in a moment of abject boredom? If you want to add to that list, um, talksport.com, text 81089 or tweet to uh, TSHJ. Well done to everybody who's got tickets and will be in the stadium tonight and in the Premier League stadiums at the weekend. I've got this, I didn't apply for the Arsenal game um, okay. because my youngest son is not able to make it he has a, a prior commitment so I go to football with him and so if I'm going to blow my chance because if I got tickets for Arsenal uh, then I wouldn't have been able to go to any other games for the foreseeable because it's going to be on a, on a rotor yeah. system so I've sat this one out I'll, I'll have a go at the Leicester game later in the month but it was interesting the reaction of the boys that I sit with we all regularly sit together so six of us and uh, majority feeling was, I don't want to go back to football with it like that. I just I haven't got the stomach for it. I know a lot of people have, and I personally will give it a crack because I want to get back in there. But they just said, till we can all come back and do what we do on match days. Because, you know, it's the match it's day the ritual, routine. isn't it? Totally. It's, it's having a pint. It's getting together. It's having a chat with people you probably haven't seen for a few days. Catching up. It's chatting during the game. Um, I completely it, it, agree with you. Yeah. yeah, I think it's all it's all about that. I completely understand. I can understand why some people, because it, it means different things to different people. And there are lots of there are lots of ways to support a football team, and I'm sure there've been a million phone-ins on this radio station going, "What is a proper football fan?" And it yeah. means different things to different yeah. people. And there are some people for whom, like like you say, it's a routine. It is who you go with. I can understand some people that it is so central to their lives, and that's great if it is that they want they would batter down every door to be there. Yeah. I, I don't go to Cambridge that often because my dad doesn't want to go anymore because it's cold and none of my mates live around there and yeah. I don't really want to go on my own. Yeah. You know, and I don't, maybe that makes me a plastic fan or not. I just don't, <laughs> like, it's quite, you know, anyone who knows League Two knows that quite a lot of it's boring. Who <laughs> was telling know? us the other day they prefer going to football on their own? 
Was it? Somebody was saying to us, "That's it. I'm, I much prefer that. That's the yes, way I like to enjoy that? football. I like, I like the intensity." Andy Brussel. It was Andy Brussel. Yeah. Likes to go to football, European football. Like, prefers that experience. He's been sitting there, not you know, not being distracted by. I uh, need a to mate be distracted or, or by someone sitting next to him. I used to find throw-ins quite tedious. Yeah. You know, but, not even yeah. anybody to talk to when something goes right or something goes wrong. Not being able to share a moment, a great moment or a bad moment. That's that's. I'm yeah. not sure I'd like that. I agree, and I also think, like, if I think back to you know when I was behind the goal. When I was like 15, 16, I remember Gary Rowett, yeah. who was like a spotty ginger winger. He's aged very well, actually, mm. Rowett. He started at Cambridge and he scored this goal against Port Vale in the 94th minute. It was snowing, orange ball. There was no, nothing happening in the game. It was terrible. Just a former Sunderland player. No, he played, he, we play? sold him to Everton and then he went to Derby and then right. Blackpool. Rowett, he's Mill, Millwall gaffer now, oh, isn't he, Gary oh, Rowett? Oh, yeah, that, yeah, of course, yeah, that, yes, yeah, that, yeah. that Gary yeah. Rowett. Okay, um, yeah, yeah. I don't know the other Gary Rowett. Maybe, oh, okay. But, yeah. but anyway, but... Um, but that celebration, you know, it's sort of people's... I think they use the hashtag limbs, I believe, is what the kids call it. But, you know, it, it is jumping around in sort of wild ecstasy. And the 94th minute, it's freezing cold. It's been so boring. And you sort of end up hugging people you don't know and all that. And, and if that's why you go to football, and it is a big part of it, well, you can't do that no. now, can you? And, you know, like we said before, you can't really sing. So spoken word chants. I can completely... I just think it's... You know, it's it's if you really want to go, it's great, and it's great that there'll be fans there. It's brilliant that this is a start, but I can completely understand why yeah. you might not want to go because it just doesn't feel right. Now you can get involved in uh, going to matches and going to racing, as we'll discover. We'll ch- chat to Rupert Ben. He's on to uh, Ludlow this afternoon. We'll have a quick chat with him and see what life is like there. But um, you'll be aware that every Christmas Eve, myself and Andy invite a gaggle of Talksport listeners in. We'd have up to about sort of. 15 or so talk sport listeners come in. We have a bit of a Christmas Eve party. We play some uh, sort of clips, karaoke, some old classic clips from back in the day, and we find out a bit more about the listeners. We bit of Christmas that uh, you know we just we have a bit of a Christmas party. Yeah, so that's good. Uh, that's going to be difficult to do this year. We certainly can't get 15 listeners in, but our boffins have set to work. So we are able to do it as a kind of a Zoom gathering, a virtual gathering. I'm sure you're used to those uh, by now. So we will bring uh, a collection of talk sport listeners together and we'll be able to get involved in conversations from your point of view if because it was always an issue not everybody could get into central London on Christmas Eve and we appreciated that. Um, and some would come from long distances, but if that was never available to you for whatever reason, even if you live abroad, now is your opportunity. If you want to be part uh, of that Christmas Eve show, it's a really nice in. thing. Yeah, Paul. I'm, I'm quite often doing drive afterwards. And mm, you the, come in the, the big anticlimax, <laughs> sort of like a port-smelling room. Yeah, it does. It, does, it smells of port and mince pies yeah. once the listeners are done. So, um, if you would like to get involved, there is uh, a little form to fill in. We just want to know a little bit more about you and find out why you'd like to come on. Give us a little bit of your background. We don't have returning guests, I'm afraid. If you've been right. on before. Okay. Um, that's it. I mean, we just we because obviously we want new people and to chat people to. who know how to use the mute button. Yeah, appropriately, that's right. We'll have to work with that. I mean, we'll have our controls. You know, so if you start effing and jeffing or slagging us off, we will have a way to mute you. But if, ideally, if you can work your own controls, <laughs> no that would be good. Uh, Dave says, uh, "Thanks very much, Max. I'm finding myself driving down the M6 trying to count to a thousand. Cheers. <laughs> <Yeah, great. laughs> that's not good. <laughs> so go and find that form at TSHNJ. You'll need to do it the easiest way. You could. It's fairly. You probably find it on the Talksport website. 
website. But the easiest way to do it, you could do, easiest way to do it is probably it goes straight to at T-S-H-N-J, T-S-H-A-N-D-J on Twitter and just uh, click on the form, fill it in, and send us all your details and we'll tell you in good time uh, whether you'll be able to join us on Christmas Eve. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from TalkSport. The Talk Sport Clips of the Week. Well, kind of, because the, the, the fresh ones will be back on Friday at 3.30 as always, but these are from 2008, as we've pointed out before. A dusty box of old mini-discs in the corner as we moved offices a year or so ago, now been digitised. It's great, and isn't it? I mean, eventually we can just play shows from 2008, <laughs> can't we? <laughs> we save you coming in. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Do we still get a fee? I don't know. I'll have to find out. Okay. But, um, yeah, this is these are from February 2008, and uh, there's some old familiar uh, names, a few of them still here, of course, and uh, we'll, we'll bring them to you now. We begin with James Whale on the evening show taking a call. Brian in London. Hello, Brian. Hello, Brian. It's Brian. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Not everybody. It's such a common thing yeah. now with callers on, on, on the radio, isn't it? Media, I suppose it's the nerves that they say their own names back, don't they? Just parrot what you've just said. To be fair, even when I'm like doing a phoner for you and Andy, yeah. I do feel a little, a different kind of nerves. I, do I don't feel nervous currently. Yeah, I, I feel quite mean, relaxed. Yeah. But when when, I, on the when phone, I've been a guest on the station, yeah. I felt a bit nervous, yeah, which oh, is a bit excited. Yeah, um, okay. Anyway. Well, that kicked us off. Uh, this is Mike Parry and Andy Townsend talking music. I've always wanted to play a musical instrument, and I thought about the violin because. Yeah, but why not the guitar or the piano? Well, or something like I'll that. tell you, you why. Play that anywhere. No, I'll tell you why. Everybody plays the guitar, don't they? And, and everybody plays the piano. And to play a piano, you've got to have a piano to play on. Well, that's very true, Mike. <laughs> it tells <laughs> it like true. it is. Well, it's a start, isn't it? Now, here's the late, great Jack Bannister, who, as well as being a much loved cricket correspondent, was also a big Wolverhampton Wanderers fan. Here he is reflecting on a Wolves performance. Although, listening back, I actually think Jack might have dreamt it. I watched the game and what intrigued me halfway through the second half when Edwards suddenly danced down the uh, danced down the uh, the tunnel towards the pitch shouting away and um, I think it was Eddie Eddie Murphy said what on earth is he he's shouting about Eddie Murphy was playing for Wolves just after that coming to America phase, I think it may have been, yeah. Uh, Graham Beecroft now sitting in on mid-morning alongside Mr. Parry with a time check. Six minutes past 11 on 10.89 and 10.53 a.m. Talk Sport. Okay, it's uh, just uh, moved mm-hmm. on a minute or so. It's now seven minutes past 11. Yeah, fantastic. It's just it's a great minute. way of filling a show up, isn't it? It's just every <laughs> minute. Just, and in you know, 30 uh, seconds' time, it'll be eight <laughs> minutes past 11. I can't believe it. It's seven minutes past two. <laughs> now, staying with uh, Mike and Beaky, here they are reading out a text. Michael, YouTube, says John in Stafford, there is nothing wrong with the offside rule. It's clear enough. A player cannot be offside during a move, then pop up at the end of it and score. Believe it or not, scoring is actually deemed as interfering with play, says John. Mm. Um, right. Uh, it says here, there's no, this is from, uh, it says, Mike, you are a tube. It's from John in Stafford. Uh, nothing wrong with the offside rule. It is clear enough. A player cannot be offside during a move, then pop up at the end of it. It's almost like Mike doesn't listen to the other <laughs> presenter, isn't it, and has his own agenda. I wouldn't say that was the case. Also, that was in the days before YouTube. I just wonder I just wonder if Beaky and Mike should be getting a little percentage from them, really, because they effectively come up with the name of uh, a very successful outlet. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, this is Alan Brazil getting a bit political, uh, which is uh, dangerous. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> anyway, it feels mm. like Al really could have chosen his words better here. I'm not really into the green issue. 
Um, I just think it's uh, well, I've got my own views. I just think it's uh, you know, it's hot air over nothing. <laughs> Green issues are a load on. That, there, therein lies the problem. I can't now. cope with that, Paul. I can't. Every time I came in on my bike to do mid morning, he'd look at me like I'd, you know, sort of killed somebody or something. This is the, the absolute insult to ride a bicycle. Anyway, the oh. news now, and the moose keeping his card very close to his chest about the contents of his bulletin. Talk Sport News. Calls for Beijing boycott, drug rings smashed, and chambers. We need a bit more than that. Well, it does leave you wanting to know what it's yeah, about. It does, yeah. yeah. It's, it's, we keep you listening. Uh, let's go back to Mike Parry again with Andy Townsend. <clears throat> I think one advantage of all this, Andy, which you'll know much more about than I do, is the, the very clever use of substitutes when yes. you've got so many players available. I mean, I mean, of all those players in that mix, who could, who, you know, who's the one who could come on and ex- literally explode? Well, like none of them do, really. Don't anybody <laughs> literally explode, do you? I mean, well, I'd certainly, I mean, you'd, it's more than a concussion sub, isn't it, yeah. really? Yeah, and then you'd have the, the humiliation of being a substitute who is substituted. Yeah. So quite legitimately. That would, <laughs> be, that would be difficult. Came on 71 minutes. Run it off. You can't oh, run off exploding, can you? And actually, whilst we're with uh, Mike and Andy, we can revisit a classic clip that first went out in February 2008. It's Andy's favourite. Yeah. Let's go to James, who's a Man United fan in Sheffield. Hey, goodness me, James, is that you? Are you there? You're on Mars. Uh, <laughs> You're on Mars. Uh, so, what's next? Uh, this is Alan Brazil talking England and Alan with a quick question for his guest. How'd you stand on that, Pete? You know, I just spoke to Paddy Crown and Paddy felt that David should get at least five minutes. Come on, out of sentiment. Uh, on the other hand, I feel that Capello's trying to do everything correct. Uh, he is. Uh, he, he's. It he looks as if he's going to not not with a, a, a you know a rod of iron, but at the same time, Pete, he's stamping his authority right away. And I don't discount David. Uh, not I don't discard David not getting his hundredth cap. But I think it was right when I think about it. All the options, he's probably right tonight. He wants to start properly. Yeah. He wants to. Uh, he might leave Michael out. He might leave one or two others out and say, hey, 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 this is a new era, and I will do what I want. I'm going to make England. Underachievers, I'm going to make them a real good side to be feared. So you can't blame the guy. No, I agree with you, Alan. <laughs> Just as well. <laughs> you didn't disagree with the him. End of... Just a quick question. <laughs> and uh, here's uh, Alvin Martin talking Newcastle with the Spurs legend Gary Stevens. I think Viduka is looking at starting today, Gary. I think, you know, that if you're asking somebody uh, who should start, it's Viduka and another. Uh, now, I think Michael Owen obviously has got a lot to prove, but he's going to need somebody to play off. And I think Viduka is certainly the one. If Viduka is motivated and if Kevin Keegan can get, can get the most out of Viduka, I think that will then help his team. Yeah, you, you mentioned uh, Viduka up front, Alvin. <laughs> well, no, he didn't, I think you'll find. He mentioned Viduka. <laughs> Polite way of yeah. trying to distance yourself <laughs> from a mispronunciation, isn't it? Just Good get old, it in. Good old oh, guys. marvellous, aren't they? So there we are. There's some more uh, clips of the midweek uh, for you from 2008. We'll bring you some more next week. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. 
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. You may have seen some pictures today. They're fantastic, beautifully lit pictures of Stonehenge with faces uh, on them. It's all very, it was all very tastefully done. It looked, it looked very good. We're going to find out why now, because to talk about that bit of Bristol City and more is uh, actor, TV presenter and Knight of the Realm, Sir Tony Robinson. Tony, good afternoon. Good afternoon. Nice to talk to you. Yeah, good to talk to you again. It's uh, so yeah. Just explain what's going on there. Were those faces projected? Those people projected onto Stonehenge. It's the Bristol City first team. <laughs> oh, you had you had a hand in it then. I take it. Yeah, yeah. yeah I just thought it was about time people knew. <laughs> With Brian Tinian no, on Brian Tinian on the biggest. <laughs> yeah, of course. No, I'm sorry, the stones aren't that old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So this is uh, this is the one of the many heritage sites around the country, isn't it? That's right. Yeah. Well, you know how we've all been applauding the national health workers and all mm. that. Well, um, National Lottery had this really nice idea to thank the heritage workers. Now, if that sounds a bit obscure, what I mean is, if you think of all those old bridges and castles and towers and stones sticking up in archaeological sites, they have lost all their potential for making money uh, you know they can't do the cake sales anymore they can't have the no one can buy tickets to come in and by definition heritage sites are old and old things crumble so you've got all these things falling away you've got heritage workers a lot of them being made redundant or being furloughed um, and they're desperately trying to make sure that there's as much open access to the public as possible because you know what it's like nowadays. Everyone's going off their nuts. And the one thing everybody wants to do is to go to historic places and green spaces and just breathe and take a little time. And and providing those facilities is very, very difficult. Mm. So um, National Lottery, which have actually bunged 50 million quid in as an emergency uh, fund, into the heritage sector have said why don't we celebrate the really best people and they got the sector to to vote on the best ones and these eight winners have been projected in light 
onto the big sarsen stones of Stonehenge and we made a video of it so everyone can everyone can have a look at it. I think better to do it Stonehenge than say on the side of Barnard Castle. I think that that, <laughs> that might be wrong, Tony. <laughs> well I tell you what, see my theory is that Stonehenge, when it was first built five thousand years ago, is quite likely to have been very garish. We always think that those stones are sort of, you know, noble and solitary and limestone or whatever. But they were probably painted and might have been painted colours that would make us think yuck nowadays. Yeah. Like, you know, all those old Greek statues, which we think of as pure marble, probably have great big red lips and orange <laughs> cardies on originally. <laughs> these would have, would have been a place for people to meet. We're not quite sure why. There's some wonderful theories, but they would have been places to meet. So they're likely to have been really painted. There would probably have been flagpoles and, you know, material waving in the wind, which you can see from miles around. There would have been Kentucky Fried Chicken or burger bars <laughs> or whatever it was they had in the Neolithic, music playing. You know, we if we saw Stonehenge as it was originally conceived, I think that would have been really vulgar. So mm. just to have these nice people celebrated in light for 24 hours, I don't think is against yeah. the spirit of the No, it's, it's nice. I mean, I imagine sort of excavating around there uh, uh, in that area would be quite interesting. Do you know anybody might be interested in doing that? Uh, mates uh, well, with a shovel? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rumour has it a few roadworks are going in, but yes. the thing about Stonehenge is it's, it's not just those stones, it's the whole area no. all around that is that is really kind of magical. And, um do you know what? Yeah, my my theory is that one of the silver linings of COVID is going to be that people get to value their open spaces much, much more yeah. and put them into a kind of context for themselves. You know, but we've got just down the road from where I am is the um, A40 flyover, you mm. know, the Westway. Yep. Underneath that, there's a pretty scrubby old park called Westbourne something. Um and I've never really given it much thought, even though it's only a few hundred yards from where I live. And in fact, it turns out it was where they dumped all the concrete when they built the Westway. And then after that, they moved it elsewhere. So they've got this site, which they then covered with grass. And no one really uses it all that much until now, until COVID. And suddenly it's become, you know, buzzy, interesting uh, and, and it's part of our history, the building of the Westway. And, and I think more and more places, people are not only going to value for the for this little time, but I yeah. think us, the COVID generation, is never going to forget all these sites that we discovered during lockdown. No, and we'll put much more value on them than they used to. Absolutely. We need to we need to talk Bristol City. You're, you're third in the championship. Yeah. It's only 15 we games, are. but are you starting to believe... But, Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's been a fantastic season for us because we had this we had this wonderful manager who, you know, longest serving mm. manager uh, in the championship, Lee Johnson. It just didn't work out. And I know that the board still loved him till the end. But they, you know, it's time for you to go. And so we were all dead excited. We thought we'd get someone like Chris Hewton or someone like that. And they gave us Dean Holden, who was the assistant mm. to Lee, which seemed like the worst possible. You know, you give the job to the assistant, yawn, yawn, yawn. But Dean was fantastic. And the first, I think it was probably the first five, six or seven matches, won every single one. Then we had a bit of a dip. But the reason we had a bit of a dip was 
Um, it's a very, very young team. We brought back all our people who were on loan. Uh, it was a, you know, a big struggle. Then we got, and we had to sell people, of course, like Bristol City always have to. Then we got the flipping COVID running through the team. So we were really struggling. struggling. And, and I feel a bit like Jurgen Klopp today. I don't often say that. But I don't <laughs> know if you saw the, the interview that he gave today mm. in which he said after they really ground out a 1-0 win, he said, this is fantastic. This is what really good teams do. Sorry, that's Holly Berry, my dog. Who, who, <laughs> wants to get involved. Rovers fan. Rovers <laughs> fan. <laughs> really going for it. I'm sorry, she was here. I'm going to move. We're, She's out my hand. We're, Tony, I'm afraid we're out of time anyway, so we'll leave you to sort Holly out. And lovely to talk to you as always. We'll catch up with you soon. Thanks Cheers, for joining Tony. us. The Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. From TalkSport. You've taken it to the next level, Paul. I'm excited Well, I kind of have. Uh, I think that hopefully the TalkSport listeners will like this Cruyff or Bin. It's where mm. we plunder a couple of old um, in-focuses from uh, Shoot magazine from back in the day. And we compare and contrast, and it's up to Max and me on alternate days, to try and answer uh, which player it was who probably gave uh, that particular answer back in the day in the uh, in-focus right. section. So, um, today, it's a talk sports special. They'll be reunited tomorrow morning. They are every Thursday and Friday. Oh, excellent. Big Alan Brazil versus Ali McCoy, right, okay. his great friend and sparring yeah, partner. Okay, so, marvelous. who said these things when they did their in-focus? Brazil or Coist? Brazil or McCoy? Yeah. Right. So, which of the two of them kicking off was born in Glasgow? Was that Brazil or was that McCoy? Oh, I don't know the answer to that Brazil. question. Really? So, you need to think, what if they're both... If that um, would be a trick question. It can't be Cruyff. It can't be Cruyff and Binny. No, <laughs> no, it's only one of them. Only one of them was actually born in, in I'm Glasgow. I'm going to say Alan Brazil. You're absolutely right. Uh, mm. Ali uh, says he was born in uh, Bells Hill in Lanarkshire. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there we are. Uh, oh, one to one. you. I'm, and I'm not as good a player as you, so it's good oh, okay. to get off the mark. We'll see. It's good to get off the mark. Who had a life before football? Who had a real job in the real world before football? Um, Who was a civil servant? (laughs) Civil servant? Was that Big (laughs) Alan? Or was that (laughs) Koisty? If if it's Alan Brazil... I don't think any I of love us, my time in the civil service. We are laughing at Max. Yeah, <laughs> I'd like to see Pretty Patel have a go at Al. <laughs> yeah. You're not doing this properly. Yeah. I don't care. I'm off to Langham's. Um, right. Bullying me, by the way. <laughs> yeah, Ali McCoy's. It was yeah, it was Ali in the civil service. Had a real job, but Alan uh, went straight in a football course. Yeah. Who was behind the wheel of a, of a Vauxhall Cavalier GL? <sighs> not a base model. Not the L. Not the GT, though, See, but Ali, the GL. Yeah, Ali listens quite a lot. I'm expecting Ali to text me at some point <laughs> to tell me. So which car was it again? I mean, it, it was nothing the, to me. It was the, the Cavalier. I take it was fully loaded with his name down the side of it. Who's yeah. in a Cavalier? McCoist. You're spot on. Yeah, yeah it was Coist. He was he was behind the wheel of the Cavalier. Uh, Alan was at his own Alpha. Did he? Gone, uh, of course yeah, he did. The Alpha Juillet or Juillet. <laughs> Whatever you want to call it. I bet he got it. I do struggle with those Italian names, as Alan probably said. So you're doing well here. You got three out of three. Three out of three. Uh, who took, as we say about papers, or we did back in the day, who took the Daily Star? Who was the <laughs> Daily Star reader? Was that Coisty or was that Big Alan? That's Big Alan. No, you're wrong. Oh, no. Uh, was, was he reading uh, the Daily Mail? Was he on Breitbart, Alan? What was he? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't think it existed. He had the sporting life, of oh, course. Oh, okay. Alan took the sporting life, but it was the, the star for, for Ali. Oh, wow. um, who, yeah. who said, when asked a favourite player, any of the Liverpool team? Who said any of the Liverpool team? Mm. Was that uh, Ali or was that uh, Big Alan? Coisty. Um, it wasn't, no, it was Alan. Oh, it was okay. Alan who said that. Um, he, uh, I think Ali at the time, he, I think he said Kenny Dalglish. Oh, okay. He went down, he okay, went down that fine, route. But Alan, fine. Alan was obviously aiming to get out of Tottenham at that time and get to Liverpool. Typing <laughs> <laughs> someone read it, and it was a come and get me plea. <laughs> Whose favourite food was yeah. a fish supper with white coffee? <laughs> That's Not black coffee. It's a disappointing dinner, isn't it? A fish supper. That's for dinner. I mean, it, it's a Scottishism anyway, it's a, isn't it? So it yeah, is, that yeah. doesn't help you out. But a fish supper a fish with supper. a white coffee. I want a fish supper. No, no, well, Alan's not having a white coffee, is he? I mean, come <laughs> he has on. a special coffee. Yeah, I know. But I yeah. suppose maybe he's not mm. being totally honest with Shoot Magazine. I'll say Ali McCoist. You're absolutely right. Ali did like a fish supper what, what and a white Alan coffee. Like a bottle of champagne. No, Alan and liked a Sunday roast yeah. and a lager shandy. <laughs> Yeah, Shandy. A Shandy. My, yeah, yeah pull the I other think one. that one may have been for uh, <laughs> the current manager at Spurs at the time. Uh, so, um, uh, yes, okay. So you got you got that one. Uh, you got that one right, didn't you? Mm. Uh, next up, TV show. Whose right. favourite TV show was The Professionals? Uh, do you think that was Alan Brazil? Mm. Was that Ali McCoy? I know a lot about The Professionals. Um, do you remember that Bodie and Doyle? We ever heard I just of that? Think, I think Alan Brazil would be in <coughs> the Benny Hill show. You know, just running and watching him run away from yeah, you think? scantily clad women. Also, right. Maybe I'm judging Alan. And yeah, I, I think you are. But what do you I mean? am. Yeah, uh, I'll, Ali McCoist. Um, it was Alan. Oh. He loved the professionals. Oh, did he? Uh, whereas Ali preferred, he liked the Russ Abbott show. Oh, okay, there we are. I would have had them. And he still around. loves a party with a happy mm. atmosphere. So um, next up. Um, whose idea of a, of a good time was golf and a day at the races? Alan Brazil. Yeah, absolutely right. It, it certainly was. I'm going to try and remember what Ali's was. What did he like doing on his day off? Uh, let's have a look. Favourite. Uh, find it. I'm going to plough through all this now. Um, I can't remember what it was anyway. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, he'll tell us. He can it, text yeah, us. He'll probably, he'll probably get. Oh yeah, no, a game of squash or badminton. Oh right. So he was a touch oh, more active a than Al. Man. Yes. Well, Alan was playing golf. Big Al in a in the tee on a squash court these days. Among whose favourite bands was this? That was a band called Devo of the mid of the sort of late seventies. They were from I think from Akron, Ohio. Danny Kelly will put me right. uh, Where a number of top acts have come Mm, from. Ali McCoist. Yeah, that was Coisty. I suppose if you think you can't see Alan play, no. let's have some Devo Ed. Yeah. Put some Devo on. <laughs> he wants let's Rod have, Stewart and nothing else. Was Alan's Rod on. Stewart? If Alan's wasn't Rod Stewart, let's have the, it's uh, what? Yeah, Alan's was Rod <laughs> of Stewart, course it of course. Was. But uh, <laughs> Ali liked a bit of soul, like Narada, Michael Warden, George Benson, and Devo. Ah, oh, great. Unless George Benson and Devo was a vent act, <laughs> and uh, I, I, I didn't understand him. And uh, finally, um, who fancied a career in coaching? After football, was that uh, Ali or Big Alan? Uh, um, that's Ali McCoyst. It was. Uh, Alan, uh, when asked, said, uh, said, what will you do after football? He said, don't know. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> don't know. 20 years later. So, yeah. Um, so there we are. You did quite well. 
Well, yeah, I know I've worked with both. Well, I've worked with both of them. Yeah, and, you that's know, true. So, I should know so them. you should know a bit about yeah. them. So there we are, a, a little, um, a little special there, uh, featuring. Oh, how do I take it to the next level? Huge pressure tonight because yeah. I've got to write a column for the Guardian. I sort of wonder if I found well, nine hundred and fifty words on Croyf or Binny. Get <laughs> they your might priorities. Send it back. Yeah. <laughs> So there we are, Big Alan and Ali back tomorrow morning from six here on TalkSport with Breakfast. We were chatting earlier on about the darts. Fletch brought us the great news that a 1,000 fans can go to Alexander Palace to watch the PDC Darts World Championship. Thankfully, listening in from the PDC and Matchroom uh, was Matt Porter. Good afternoon, Matt. Good afternoon, guys. So uh, we'd heard this rumour that people couldn't wear fancy dress and we sort of conjectured that if you are sitting on your own uh, dressed as the Queen or, or Buzz Lightyear, it might not have the same impact. But can... Can uh, fans of darts still go in fancy dress, Matt? No, I'm afraid I'm oh. going to be the first Scrooge of Christmas. <laughs> Unfortunately, fancy dress is one of the uh, one of the prices we had to pay for uh, for getting everything signed off for, for health and safety. So no, it's uh, it's normal clothes only, which I suppose you could argue could be fancy dress at the darts because costumes are, are normal, aren't they? So, yes. Yeah. I mean, how do you yeah. do? So what's, what's the reasoning yeah, behind what's the it? If so I'm dressed as Scooby Doo, am I more likely to transmit COVID? <laughs> No, it's, yeah, it's, it, look, it's essentially the, the the key thing that we're, the key thing that we're that we're focusing on here is that you know people have to come in and they have to sit at their tables for the duration of the event. So there's no mixing, there's no jumping and dancing around, and some of the usual uh, pieces of exuberance that we might see from the crowd. So, you know, it, it was decided at the various um, at the various sort of safety meetings and things like that that, that we've been a part of that um, you know we we need to look at different ways to. Uh, make sure that you know people come in and behave res- responsibly, and and so obviously you know fancy dress is perhaps one of the things that gives people that little extra bit of uh, confidence and courage and uh, and enthusiasm to um, yeah. you know to to jump around. And we're not trying to stop people enjoying themselves, but it's our responsibility to create a safe environment for everybody who comes onto the site. And and you know it's very important that everybody understands that this won't quite be exactly like a normal trip to the darts. No. They'll still enjoy it. They'll still see top class. You know, world-class sports uh, being played, and, and and the staging of the event will still be the same, but the crowd dynamic will be slightly different. Will you still play Chase the Sun when someone hits a double? Because it's yeah, very but, hard to to, yeah. to 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 just go to just say oi oi oi. You know, at yeah. the end of that, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, true. The, the musical music. cues and the walk-on music—they're all very much part of getting people yeah. in the mood. No, the music's an integral part of the show. The players will still walk on, but they'll walk on from the side, so they'll they'll walk on across. Those of you who have been there before, mm. um, and I think you both have, you know, yeah. you'll know it's a very, very wide stage, so there's plenty of room for the players to walk on from the side, and they can wave, wave to the crowd that way, and we can play their walk-on songs, and same with Chase the Sun into the breaks, um, you know, but it, as I say, it will be a little bit toned down. Uh, and how how are you allocating the tickets? Because obviously you could sell them a few thousand times over as you do every yeah. year. So how's it going to work? Well, so in order to maintain social distancing, it's tables only, and the tables are spaced out uh, as as re- per the requirements. So it's four seats per table, um, and you can't mix because London's in tier two, where Alexandra Palace is located. You can't mix with people in, from different households inside. So a, a household or a support bubble would need to buy a complete table. Um, of, of four seats, and um, and then that the, those tickets will go on on pre-sale to our members tomorrow, and general sale on Friday. And do you expect general sale? <clears throat> do you know all most of it go to members? You think? No, the, no. The, look, I mean, there's normally normally the amount of tickets we sell to our members is higher than the number of tickets that are going on overall sale this year. Um, but you know, I think we do know that there are still people who are reluctant to maybe attend mass public events uh, for various reasons. We know that 
Um, under the re- restrictions, you can't travel from, if you're in a, a tier three area, you can't travel to the event. Uh, likewise, I think people in Wales are, are unable to, to leave Wales, uh, you know, for a non-essential reason. Um, and then also a lot, a high percentage of our visitors are often from, from Germany, Austria and the Netherlands, and they won't be travelling this year. So I think it will balance itself out. And although it's obviously fair that our members get first dibs in the same way that, that football clubs prioritise season ticket holders, you know, I would expect there to be tickets available on Friday for general sale for, for almost all sessions, for sure. Um, finally, and very quickly, can you have a pint? Will it will it be sort of table oh, service? Yeah, no, no, no. You can come and have your Christmas drink and it will be table service. So actually, I should think that would be better. There'll be no queue up you, you'll get your food and drink brought to the table brilliant matt thanks for clearing Cheers, that up for us all the best the hawksby and jacobs daily podcast from talk sport we did ask earlier on didn't we max about um being so bored that you yes. did something daft because yeah. this was a guy who was in the paper who described as a quality street fan stephen hull uh, he said i had a bit of spare time on my hand so i decided to audit the unopened quality street tin um, he said, uh, yeah, so he told us that it was 11 toffee pennies, but only four orange crunches and green triangles and only four purple ones mm. with a nut in. So we thought, how bored you got to be to open a tin of sweets and count them? Well, we've been surprised. Um, I just opened the as the cocktail sausages because it says on the outside there'll be 60, says Ian. I count 59. <laughs> so that's not good, is it? Yes, where was the one who came? Was, I got a Leeds United Ellen Road Lego set last year for Christmas that said 3,106 pieces. I counted to check. I still do not know why I did. Uh, FYI, it was correct. Oh. <laughs> Isn't that great? Now, look, there's a vignette I've been wanting to get away since Monday. Okay, yeah. I, you know, we were talking about um, you know, uh, the darts. They were talking about, you know, you can't leave Wales unless it's essential, right? And yeah. obviously going to the darts would be not essential. You've mm. got to give the reason why you leave the house. And in France, you have to write down why you're leaving the house. Okay. okay? And it's good that people mm. are honest, aren't they? But French police have fined a man who left home during lockdown with a written declaration saying he was out to smash a guy's face in. The man, 39, from Lannion, Brittany, filled out the form now required... Really? <laughs> ..before leaving home in France, where police found him lurking behind a car. They deemed his stated reason was not valid. He was trying to fulfil the letter of the law in his own way, yeah. said the police. So I, mean, I liked his honesty there. It would be a great court case. I think you'd find someone, that would, a lawyer, that would take it on. Don't yeah. you? The, I was there to beat a bloke up. <laughs> exactly. That's what I was coming out for. €135 Euro fine for having an invalid excuse and €150 Euros for public drunkenness. Probably linked, aren't yeah. they? Yeah. Um, I've got another one. OK, go on, give me another one uh, of your little cut-out stories. Daily Mail. I don't know if you're, uh, you know, any bad first date stories for you, Paul, but mm-hmm. Nikki uh, from Glasgow says, after flirting with a handsome guy in a bar one evening, we arranged to meet for a walk in the park the following day. Yeah. He seemed preoccupied, constantly texting and not paying attention to what I was saying. Then his phone rang. After he'd rudely sloped off to take the, port, the call, I said, look, you're clearly busy, shall we do this another time? He said, no, my cat has died. I've arranged to meet my sister here so we can bury him. I really want you to attend. <laughs> So, that's, so not a first, that's not first date fair, is it? It isn't, no. Cat burial. This is too weird for me. Is it even legal to bury a cat in a park? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good question. <laughs> first date. Give me a worse first date than with someone's... Or, your, you know, your sister's there as well. Don't bring your brother or sister. Yeah. And then to bury a cat. Anyway. What, what did you think of her? I liked her. I mean, I know your sister, but I liked her. And uh, when she said a few words over the cat's grave, I, I thought that was but nice. Did you have a song for us? She, yeah. she learned his name, Tiddles, and she worked it in. It, it did quite well. Uh, now, the, the Wrexham fans, big fans of uh, Ryan Reynolds, obviously, because he's, he's pumping a few quid into the club. But um, he sounds like a good lad. A Vancouver radio station started to push very hard for him to have 
a street named after him in not in Wrexham, okay. but in Vancouver. Yeah. But he, so he called in. He heard about this and he called in. He said, "Will you cease and desist in the nicest possible way?" He said, "I do not want a road named after me." He said, "Because if the traffic sucks, everyone will say oh, Ryan Reynolds is a mess or Ryan Reynolds <laughs> is really backed up." <laughs> and he said, "My brothers would enjoy that far too much." So he said, "He's, he's asked not to have a, a name, uh, a road named in his honour." So, he does sound fun, doesn't he? I've got some terrible news. Oh yeah, Earth is two thousand light years closer to a huge black hole than previously thought. You wow. know, I don't know the impact of this on Croyf or Binny is huge. <laughs> well, I think we'll, we'll soldier on until then. Yeah, experts in Japan say we are we're just 25,800 light years from Sega A, which is 4.2 million times Can bigger than the Sun. Can you still get those, the Sega A? <laughs> get the Sega A. They're quite I'd, basic, the games now. I don't think you want this Sega A. Do you want this? <laughs> no, this? It's, it's, well, okay, so we've really brought bad news for everyone. Sorry to let everyone there. down like yeah. this. Adrian will be taking calls on this. 087-1722-2344. Black holes, are they all that? Also, Material you've had hanging around since Monday. It's, I was, I was about, I was going to say to you on Monday, but forgot. But I might as well do it now on yeah. Wednesday because right. it's still slightly topical. And this is the first day out of lockdown. Is that uh, looking at that uh, terrible dive by Jack Grealish the other day uh, when Four Nails kind of went close to him? He, you, you've seen it. I he mean, caught he, him a little bit. He caught him a bit. I mean, got to go down. The, delay, the delayed reaction was was it didn't do him any favours, <laughs> did it? No. And uh, it did it strike me that he was never going to be sanctioned uh, by the FA or indeed the government because he made a substantial meal of it didn't he? <laughs> very so good I think I would argue really good that was a, that it was, was a scotch egg of a was, dive that wasn't was it? topical <laughs> that was topical on Monday has lost a touch of its uh, if you make a substantial meal of it you can get away with diving so remember that with really pasty uh, or a scotch egg and on a serious note the, the, the Newcastle we've talked before on this show about how ultimately this season top or bottom could be skewed by the virus and we hope now with all the great news around the vaccine that that will be less of an issue but something they think Newcastle grounds in lockdown the players can train at home they can't come and train together you know you've got to keep match sharp I mean if Newcastle have a bad run of results if that was going on to if that was Sheffield United at the moment in the, in the say the predicament mm. they're in or Fulham you think how that could derail a season you know so much kind of riding and even top and bottom as we've seen with Liverpool the old virus is going to have a huge impact yeah, I think on what I think so. ultimately happens and actually year. I think we've probably been pretty lucky that this yeah, is the first absolutely. time it's happened and yeah. we, so I think we've probably got to a stage of complacency where we where we think it's a surprise that a game has been called off but yeah. actually it's pretty remarkable they've done that, well to that, get this that, this is the first yeah. one isn't I it? think every week when we'd hear one player or two players have tested among all the Premier League players and we think well, okay well we can manage that but yeah I think it's quite sobering yeah. probably, yeah. probably a few Newcastle fans complaining that they didn't attack enough on Friday yeah. night even though they didn't have a game weren't there there'll be some of them <laughs> saying yeah. God. I'd almost <laughs> argue that this season should have a whoever wins it should have an asterisk next to it. But as Tottenham are top at the moment, I'm not prepared to say um, that. Also, you're the only Talksport presenter to say asterisk and not asterisk oh, when <laughs> mentioning this season. Everyone's well, saying there needs to be an asterisk next to whoever wins it. Tottenham and then just a little soldier. That would from appear Gaul. to be a Pacific problem for many of the other presenters. <laughs> the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast from Talksport. There we are. That was this afternoon's show. We will do it all again tomorrow from one. Can you come back tomorrow, Max? If selected. Marvellous. Okay, well, we'll see uh, Max uh, tomorrow. So thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Hawksby and Jacobs Daily Podcast. Hear the guys every weekday between 1 and 4 p.m. on TalkSport. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.